Want to bet? Then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The Boys of Summers are back on the Diamond and March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Maxi, so we've been using AG1 for about a month now. Um, how do you feel? What, how good have you been feeling since you started this thing? Honestly, I know it sounds hokey, but I love it. Like, I love the taste. That's the number one question I get asked. What does it taste like? Does it taste good? It tastes fantastic. You can have it on its own with water. You can mix it into a smoothie. Been on it for about a month now. I have it every morning, honestly. Have it with my black coffee. Gives me the energy I need to get to lunch. And I feel great. I got my nutrients. I'm not worried about having too many vegetables for dinner. There you go. What, how do you feel? I feel good too. You know what? I do it a bit differently where I put it in the water bottle. Don't do the coffee thing, but I will go and take Winston on a baby walk outside because he's, he's an English bulldog. Not that much exercise needed, you know, but I have time to finish that little drink and then I come back and then I start working. I just feel like I've hit everything I needed for the day. I have the energy, like you said, and it's the easiest thing I've been taken, honestly, to feel as great as I do. And, um, I, I, you know, I added a little Miro to it and it's perfect. It's, it's, it's the perfect drink. And, um, I wouldn't change anything. To be honest, I'll keep doing it for a long time. I'm pretty sure. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you one free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash TKKS. That's athleticgreens.com slash TKKS. Check it out. She scores! Take a moment to look up at the ceiling. You're about to bust through it. SDPN, the PWHPA and Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Presents Hockey, like you've never heard it before. The Noxie and Cax Show with Liz Knox and Carol Emard. <laughs> Let's get it. Go. Welcome back, Noxie and Cax fans. We are excited to be recording on International Women's Day. Woo-hoo. We're into March already. It's time for a little one-on-one Noxie and Cax time. So here's what we got on top of you today. We're going to recap DC, give you a few news updates, go over our standings and everything you need to know for the PWHPA playoff weekend coming up this weekend in California. And then if we have time, maybe we'll get to some stats with Cax. And we've got questions from our Twitter page that we are going to do our best to tackle. There's some there's some deep ones on here, and then there's some more lighthearted fun ones. And I love them. We love them all. So thank you for participating and giving us the questions as well, too. And Noxie, I am pumped to be back, just the two of us. I know. I, I like our quality time together, Cax. We do. We got to do it more. We get it. But uh, <laughs> you guys want to see guests and, you know, other people than us. Uh, but I think it's fun when we get to do this and we get to interact with our fans. And then on top of it, I have a few questions for you. So, Oh, that's scary. Yeah, no, don't worry about it. So I uh, do have to, I have to tell you, actually, Cax, yeah. uh, when we were in... Washington, this week, Arlington, Virginia. Sorry, not Washington. Hosted by the Washington Capitals, but in Arlington. Um, I had like a couple people come up and be like, I'm a huge fan of the show. And like the one fan, her name is Sarah. She came up. She's like, you know, I'm new to the sport 
and most of what I know about women's hockey, I know from listening to your show. So thank you. Oh my God, thanks for listening. Like, you know what? I got yes. a, <laughs> I got a couple uh, comments like that actually last week. Um, a uh, friend of Vasco, I believe a family man- member, listens to SDPN on the daily going to work and always catches us. So Vasco was telling me that we are international now. Apparently, in her book, that's what it means. <laughs> no, it is super fun. It's super fun. And uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited that we had the opportunity. We're going to get to that opportunity a little bit later as we talk about celebrating women and women's voices yeah. in the media. But first, let's start with a little touch on Women's History Month. We're celebrating the contributions to history, culture, and society in the third in the 30th anniversary in Canada. This is an early episode for you and I, and I feel like things are not like you know working what? in my face. You said it right. You said it right. <laughs> this is the 30th anniversary. Uh, I can't believe it's already been that many years that we actually celebrate the Women's Month. Actually, we should have been celebrating for years and years and 100 <laughs> years prior to that. Um, but we will, uh, you know, give a shout out to the 30th of it. Because um, I'm trying to think, 30 years ago, we're in 2023, it'll be 1993. That's crazy. Canada, That's not that long ago. And, and I was going to say, I read it's uh, since 1987 in the United States. So a couple more years wow. were added there uh, on that side. But yeah, it's not that long ago. You were just born. <laughs> I, I basically was. Like, I was five. I was, you know, I was I was a functioning young individual on my own already come out and uh, chiming on the women's world and fighting for your rights right then yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh my gosh and this weekend as we celebrate women's history month we got to take in cax wasn't there unfortunately oh. but i was lucky to be um i couldn't make it to the exhibit because i had some other media stuff to do but kim sass who is a board member with the pwhpa has been since our inception back in 2019 is also an architect. Yeah. She does it all. Like and she's manager, working architect, artist, name it. Yeah. She just took speaking of project managing. She just took a contract to help build the new Buffalo Bills stadium. So she's doing incredible things. And on the side, she's an artist. <laughs> I think, I, well, actually I shouldn't even say on the side, you know, I feel like in this world of like, where arts is it's like you have to have something that like pays your bills but like i feel like her passion is really art i would think so yeah i think um she went to colgate university and um studied i believe i want to say somewhere in art or it's a minor at least and everything but um if you look at everything she's been doing or just her instagram page kim sass there um sass studio underscore art um, you can see everything she's been doing, but you can also see what she did for this past weekend. Um, she designed a jersey that were worn, sorry, that was worn <laughs> by the Washington Capitals. Um, and you understand, and I guess I, I have it right in front of me, but go on her page, go look at it. You get to understand exactly what is everything that was put into this design um from united states buildings and and you know uh everything that's reflecting how uh these moments i guess and um what has been bought in these kind of buildings to get the women's right to where it's at now um yeah also, of course the the like whole image is like it's the i'm w. just gonna go like this so there's a yeah. w and a and it makes the roman numeral 
nine. nine. Exactly. So what we are at now with the Title IX bill um, that has been active, I mean, and I got lucky enough to get a full ride with this on the NCAA side of things. Um, Amen. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just think uh, if we think of Sass, she's doing everything uh, on the side. She's been an alum for about a bit. She's been playing and non-playing here and there and as much as she can. And I think this is a great uh, moment for her um, to showcase everything she's capable of. And then, you know, where we're at now. And shout out to the Washington Capitals for kind of like reaching out to her and getting her involved here. Too. Yeah. And it's been a while in the making because I know that uh, Kim Sass had like kind of ran it by the board to be like, Hey, is everyone cool if I do this? And that was like over, I want to say over a year ago. So I think she completed the design in October. And as Cax mentioned, the Washington Capitals will wear this as their warm up Jersey on March 23rd, I believe I'm going to double check that and we'll put it in the description if I'm incorrect, but yeah, for sorry. now, that's a good it point. is March 23rd, right? That's a good point. I believe it, it, she didn't, they didn't wear it last weekend. I take that back, but we announced it or I guess. The, uh, it was the unveiling. There you go. Was the, I was going to say dévoilement in French. Yeah. Unveiling. Dévoilement. Of everything. But honestly, <laughs> I'll, I'll say it again. Go to SAS Studio underscore art and then you can see the entire thing, video and stuff on how she did it. Now it's a painting basically and how beautiful yeah. it is. So shout out to her. It's amazing. We should get her on the show at some point, but honestly, I was pretty stoked by everything and shout out to Keller too, who was part of this uh, unveiling part. So yeah. yeah. So, and, and some of the athletes got to, we had like just landed in DC and there was like flight delays obviously coming out of Toronto on Friday because there was a massive snowstorm. Yeah. So uh, it was unfortunate because a lot more of the athletes were supposed to take in that exhibit and the title nine exhibit and due to flight delays, a lot of people had to miss out, but Nevertheless, there was a great unveiling. As you said, Megan Keller was there. Uh, Greco was there. Jana Hefford was there. So there was like a good group of gals that got to be there and support Kim in, in that moment. And then on our red carpet night on Saturday, Kim was able to join us um, along with some former teammates, which was really cool too, because these were girls that had played in the NWHL and then came over to the PWHPA and have since retired. But um yeah, it was uh, uh, Fitzy and Bryant, who are two two other goalies. There's a lot of goalie <laughs> in that room that night, but um, it was just fantastic. It was good to see the support, and we're so proud of Kim Sass, all the all the work that she did for that moment. And we know that the best is yet to come for her as well as she continues that project oh, yeah. management of the Bills Stadium. That's so huge, such a cool opportunity. Keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on it. We guys. will. The Daily Sass on Instagram and the Sass. The Daily Sass. <laughs> Such a good handle. I love that. Um, we will switch gears a little bit. <laughs> we're going to go. It's, it's yes. like playoff time for everybody. You got it. So we were just talking about this. And then I know you're pretty close to this uh, topic and maybe one team in general. But uh, I'd love for you to give maybe. us a little bit of an update on the U sports and what happened, let's say, last weekend, for instance, and where it's going this week coming up. Or sorry, next yeah. weekend. So March... Uh, that would be March 17th. 17th. Well, the week, like the week leading up to and the weekend of March 17th. Yeah. So while we were in DC, I was like in the middle of calling the games and like trying to refresh my phone and see the U of T score because of course I work with the University of Toronto goaltenders and play a very small role on that very talented team. So we've got, uh, we clinched our spot 
clinched our ticket. Love it. To Nationals, which is going to be that weekend, March 17th, hosted by the Caravan. Yes. Look That's at pretty you. good, right? Yeah, that was good. At the University of Montreal or UDM. Yes. So yes. It's, it's going to be great. We're, we still actually have, so for seating wise, some of the conferences are done. Like they've like played out their full uh, provincial yeah. playoffs. For us, we still have a best of one game, which I don't, I guess it's because it's just for seating, okay. but we play Nipissing on Saturday. So I'll be missing that game because I'm down in California. But it's, it's a, yeah, it's basically to say where you're going to be ranked and who are you going to play against. So two quarterfinal games. I believe one is Thursday, one is Friday, and then semis and final. Oh, no. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, there's a banquet Wednesday, semifinals, finals, Sunday. Yeah, and everything is happening at the Sepsun here in Montreal. So, guys, if you uh, listen to me, if you're Frenchy, au Centre Sepsun de l'Université de Montréal, go get your tickets, okay? Um, actually, the Carabin will be there, and Concordia University should be there as well, too. And shout out to Concordia, who won the Provincial uh, Championship last weekend in the best out. Uh, best of out of three against Montreal. So big games here and there. Uh, there's a it's always a big rivalry now between the two. So I know them a little bit more. I've worked with Concordia way back and having Julie Chu, Carolyn Willett on the Stinger side, and then Isabelle uh, and her team or staff there on the University of Montreal. So those two, and then we're gonna get the Atlantic teams in, and then out west to come and join. I believe us UBC. I think UBC won at West. I'd have to double check that. And we like, we got a little ace up the sleeve here, Cax, because oh. Aaron Ambrose, who used to coach at Concordia, uh-huh. she now is now a blue. It. Yeah. So <laughs> Big U of T. I'm not saying we have inside intel, but we might. <laughs> the team has changed a little bit since, but hey, I you never know. <laughs> I'm kidding. What, you mean it's changed in four years? That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> No, but uh, hey, while you're talking about it, so you've been working with UFT. I hate that you say you have a small part of it. I think that all coaches and staff have a big part of the culture and everything that's happening. And um, UFT in the past few years have been awesome. And with Vicky, you know, in there and everything. Talk to me a little bit about that growth just before we switch topics. I just love yeah. to shout out to the women's staff out there. And uh, Yeah, I don't want to give away any rest secrets because, you know, we're still – keeping our cl- cards close to our chest heading into playoffs. But no, honestly, like Vicky Sanahara is our head coach and she's just like such an, she was such an incredible athlete, yeah. so incredibly competitive. And if you talk to any of her former teammates, like somebody that expected the best out of everybody in the room, even if, you know, even if you're riding the pine for 60 minutes, it's like, well, you better be fucking happy to be here because <laughs> you're part of this team and it matters right yeah, like exactly that's just she's a matter of fact yeah exactly and so i think a lot of that has translated into uh the team that we've got at uft and it's funny it's a different generation of player like it really yeah. is but um you know i think going into playoffs for all the teams they'll all tell you that that buy-in to team culture is so imperative and just you know really checking egos at the door to make sure at the very least, you go out and you play your best hockey. You can't always win, but you know what? You go out, you play your best hockey, and then you have a lot to be proud of. So yeah. that's kind of like, that's my opinion of it. Vicky would be like, win at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it, when no, we, she would. Anybody who knows Vicky knows that she's like the kindest, sweetest, most sportsmanlike person in the game. And she's a fantastic leader. I mean, and she was an Olympian and everything. And in order to be one of those, your competitiveness is through the roof and everything. So I yeah. think through all of those, you know, magnificent, I guess, um, qualities of being a good person. She also knows how to compete and when to compete and when to show up for your teammate, probably sitting right beside you. So I love that. Yeah. I love, love it's that. also like so much work. I, I, I do want to credit all of the head coaches out there. <laughs> I don't know if any of them are listening to this show because I don't really know <laughs> if it's for them, but, they but should. No, like the head coaching role is a lot. I don't think it's something that I would personally ever be interested in. Cause you like, have to do the X's and O's. You have to be booking like at the university level, like you got to be booking hotels and buses and team things and this and that. And then at the same time, you got to manage all these emotions of these, like, wow, you know how we were when we were like 18 to 22. Like we're, we're crazy. We're crazy kids. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah. So you, you know, live and learn type of moments uh, here and there. Absolutely. And you have to be there and be the, kind of a mentor in a way and and yeah advise them to be good people like you're actually becoming good humans at the university level yeah well that's that's just developing the hockey player in you absolutely so absolutely have those people behind you it makes it better okay cool i don't want us to get too much into our i know university (laughs) time and everything and i want to give a shout out uh to before we we move to the last little point here in the news um Today for Women's Day, uh, the Quebec Ramparts are actually hosting um, a bunch of women. <laughs> Let's put it that way. No, just kidding. Uh, some players. So I will be uh, there. So I'm saying today, but it would be March 8th. So Wednesday uh, for uh, all of you listeners. But um, shout out to the Ramparts. They're um, in association with Isabelle uh, Chartier-Pardon. Who is um, Femme de Hockey. She has an Instagram account. So those people that... Uh, you know, she's on TVA Sports and does a lot for women's sports here in Quebec. And uh, because of her and, and the Ramparts, we're actually um, giving a little bit of a shout out and recognizing uh, the players, the coaches and some high level members of, um, you know, any type of hierarchical or directors, sorry, uh, that are involved in hockey uh, from Hockey Quebec, from other um, uh, associations or teams. So. Uh, it's going to be tonight at their game. So right before a little bit of a drop puck, ceremonial drop puck for us. And uh, I just think it's important to mention those things here and there. I think that uh, teams have been uh, on the, in a queue and in junior in general this year have been awesome uh, with us, the PWHPA, everywhere in Ontario and now here in Quebec too. And they want to keep hosting and keep pushing the game. So that's just a little thing that kind of like gives a visibility to all these young girls that might be in the stands and all these young boys that – you know, we'll come and ask for autographs and stuff like that. So um, I love that. I know it might be a little thing, but I think they can learn a lot from anyone that's going to be there. Like I said, there's going to be analysts. There's going to be, it's all women. It's a women panel and there's about 10, 12 of us. So um, it's going to be awesome. Uh, So if you were there, because this is going to air out on Friday. um, (laughs) Or if you can talk travel. (laughs) Shout out to the Ramparts for that. Um, We appreciate it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And we're talking about how organizations or businesses, companies, whoever can support female voices, especially in sport and in our sport hockey. And we want to give a big shout out to SDPN, 
to welcome our new producer who's sitting in on our first episode today, Maddie Smith. There's a big round of applause happening. She's off screen right now, but we just honestly like the thing that I, I've loved about this show since the beginning was it was always going to be, hey, there she is. Oh, oh she popped she's off. Going in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. See, Maddie's already braver than Jesse. Jesse just stays behind the curtain the whole I know. time. <laughs> I know. No, but to, to what we were saying, like, SDPN has been fantastic empowering us and giving us the space to tell our stories and i love that there's been a concerted effort to bring on a diverse group of voices and as we're celebrating women's history month bring on the gals yes thanks for having us first and foremost and thanks for having maddie and adding up to the the whole team so i don't know if jesse's gonna say i yeah, you got it. More representation, the better. That's it. It is true. It is true. So thanks, SDPN, for believing in us and giving us that platform to chat all day, every day, and then maybe yeah. educate one or two human here and there about women's game, women's sports, and, you know, anything, really. I think we talk about everything, so it's not just... Women. Yeah, we get into a little of this and that. Yeah. And yeah. before we go to our questions... I did want to touch quickly on our standings and we'll go back to it at the end because this is the most important part. Speaking of information, Everything heading into championship know. weekend in Southern California. Ah, thank you PWHPA for ending the season in the sun <laughs> right off into the sunset. We've got team Harvey's look at my jerseys. I know that's one in four team Harvey's and team Sonnet. That's how they finished. So that'll be game one. And Scotiabank Adidas will be game two, number two and three. So I, I reverse that order. Tell us, tell yes. us more. Okay. One versus four, two versus three. Harvey's versus yeah. Sonnet. You're in. Scotiabank versus Adidas. Okay. Let's basically a single elimination game. One and four. Winner goes to Sunday. So this will be a Friday game. One versus four. Winner goes directly to Sunday in Palm Desert. That'll and then two. day. Yeah. yeah. Get a little rest day in the sun. Yeah. Number two, Adidas will play number three, Scotiabank. And the winner of that will also go to Sunday. Mm -hmm. The Saturday, we're having a, a seeding game is what we're calling it. It's not a constellation, no, okay? Like it's it. a seeding like game. Seeding game. It's like okay. to see how you finish in the season. <laughs> finish strong. So always. that will be the... Losers. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it, but that's, they're the losers of the first game. <laughs> the unfortunate group from the Friday games will be playing on Saturday yes. game on Saturday, March the 11th. Second place, yes, at 3 p.m. So the the unfortunate team from game one and <laughs> the loser of game two will be playing on Saturday. So L1 versus L2. That's the way to do it. Sorry, sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, at 3 p.m. And it's at the Toyota Sports Performance Center. So that's in L.A., yeah. right? Staying yeah. in L.A., the Kings are hosting El, uh, let me, El Segundo. Yeah, El Segundo, I think. I El Segundo is Segundo, California. So, yeah. and what and we'll get to. Oh, okay. sorry, go ahead. No, go, go, go. We'll get oh, to I was the gonna details say, we can, of everything. We can right. get to the details at the end of the show, but it'll all be on the PWHPA website if... You don't make it to the end of this with us. <laughs> okay, that was Saturday, March 11. Now tell me what happens on Sunday. So Sunday for the finals. Game. Sunday is going to be 
awesome. Hosted okay. by the Coachella Valley Fa- Firebirds, 7.30 p.m. It's our grand finale. And it's going to be awesome. Like, I, I'm, I'm so excited for this entire weekend. But there's something going to be really special about this championship. And the players are staying afterwards. So I know that we'll all get to soak in the moment spring, together. Maybe. Yeah. The winners or the 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 seeding game from Saturday will be also in Palm Springs. So the whole group that's traveling this weekend will be there and it's going to be special. You don't want to miss it. It'll be, I believe, nationally televised again on NBC and TSN yeah. and RDS and on our stream and everywhere. <laughs> everywhere you look, there's going to be PWHPA this weekend. <laughs> Let's go. It's going to be okay. awesome. Yeah. But yeah. I'm stoked. Everything- so you need to you need to you needed to know sorry for yeah. the playoff weekend so. that's a Coles notes version anyways you know we can give you more at the end of the show again but for now it's time for cax you a question <laughs> oh my god i didn't even read that part good for you cax you a question and okay uh, oh sorry go these ahead questions are not coming from you and i they're obviously yes. coming from our listeners. So, yeah. We okay, asked, so let's, uh, we'll just read them. We'll read the handle, okay. who they came from. Thank yeah. you all for participating, as as Kax said. And then we'll take our chair at it. <laughs> at Muzin A, Ashley Muzin, she's a good fan of the show. I know that she's been working really hard in the ball hockey world to try to activate more females in the sport. So her question is, thoughts on ball hockey in regards to its benefits in growing hockey as a whole? I think you're, I think you're bringing up a good point there. I think that, um, you know, uh, the whole point of like making it inclusive and making it, uh, how do we grow the game? We get people to play it. How do we get people to play it? We actually need to usually, you know, do something like Bauer's been doing or CCM or Canadian Tire where they do like the first shift stuff where mm-hmm. you provide the equipment to everyone and come back. It is expensive. It is hard to do. And on another side of things, I think that ball hockey has kind of like came around and grabbed the whole um, world, I guess, by, by surprise in a sense, because you can play hockey like you've always done in the streets against your friends since a young age or whatever. I'm not comparing the two, obviously, but this is how we started playing hockey probably yep, or getting, 100%. getting into the sport or loving it. And now you're making it very accessible. You're making it even more accessible at a young age because there's leagues that are uh, <laughs> that are organized for... Uh, I, I, my nephew plays and he's five. You know what I mean? So you can start and play that during the summer. Um, still a little bit and then still a little bit different than keeping the skates on all year long. So I approve of it, but um, I think it's a good way to get people to fall in love with the game um, and a very affordable way. Let's be honest. Hockey is expensive. It's an expensive. Sure is. It's tough. Um, And I think that that's like, it's just, it's not necessarily the same rules, but yet a lot of them are very similar. It's very competitive. I've been to tournaments. It's great cardio. (laughs) There you it's go. great cardio. I've been to tournaments. I've played a couple games here and there, and and you know everyone loves it. Everyone that talks yeah. about it or has been playing just absolutely are you know in love with the game now. So I do think it grows the game and it gives um, room and space for people that may not be able to buy the skates and everything else to get in yeah. the game and enjoy it as much as as we did or do still. You know, 
So nailed it. And sense of community. You know, I mean, I think the thing Absolutely. that we all love about hockey is like you feel part of something. Like, so if you can, get, if you if you're not somebody who's you know lucky enough to have the financial resources, as Cax is saying, to buy all this ho- expensive hockey equipment, registration. Oh my gosh, travel, like everything. It's it's an expensive sport. Find a community that supports you who also loves hockey and ball hockey is a great place to go. And on top of it, you can make team Canada ball hockey yeah. team Canada. Yeah. You can travel make, the you world, can go travel and everyone you have opportunity to, to make it. So we, we, again, great promotional spot here. We want to say that Rupert is drinking some water as we, as we chat here. <laughs> no, just kidding. But uh, honestly, there's still a dream that you can still like eat. They can aspire to grow and then play for team Canada at the ball hockey uh, level yep. type of thing instead of just the Olympic level and skating here. So our dogs are just running around. Sorry. <laughs> They're trying to get on air. Oh, yeah. Great question. And uh, go check out Muzin A at Muzin M-O-U-S-S-O-N-A to follow her journey in carving out space in ball hockey for more women. That's yeah. fantastic work. Okay. At Pell underscore 31. Oh, did you have something else to say? No, I was going to actually go on this one. So this is perfect. Oh, okay. I like, I like this. <laughs> What are your thoughts? Pell underscore 31. I don't know if I finished the handle. What are your thoughts on female team names for hockey teams, i.e. the Lady Vipers? Personally, he says, I've never liked it. I want you to go first on this one. (laughs) Because I have to take it over every answer and then I'll answer after. But I want you to go first on this one. No. You know what? I, I... I don't want, I, I don't like it. I just don't like it. I, I, why do we have to assign a gender to an animal or a, I don't know. I just don't, I don't like it. It doesn't, I don't know. I don't know I, why. I just don't, I don't see the the need for it. Like it's there you go. their dogs or their birds or their hawks or their devils or their leaves, like a, a fucking maple leaf, like a piece of a, <laughs> the a lady piece of, of a tree. Yeah. Like what? Why do we need to make it a lady leaf? You know? Yeah, I know. Personally, I, know some, I don't love it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on this. I don't think it's necessary. I think people do like it because it makes it, you know, makes it different than maybe another PUE teams that's beside them or whatever organizations. But I was telling you, I think we have women's hockey in front yeah. of everything or women's hockey league or whatever it is. I don't think we need a lady in front of a hawk, for instance. And perhaps there are people that don't want to identify as a lady leaf. Maybe it. they just want to be a leaf. I mean, that's you're, fine. You're getting into the, <laughs> the needy gritty here and everything. But yeah, I just don't see um, a need for it. And I think, I, I don't know. We don't see like, I mean, it's the whole concept into like women's hockey. Should we say men's hockey? Like, mm-hmm. should we always have a little bit of a, I don't know, a gender in front yeah. of these things? I don't think so. I think it should all be, you know, like, you're a hawk and that's it. Regardless, yeah. it's, it doesn't matter if you're playing on a girl's team or a boy's team or ma- like female or man. I don't know. I just, uh, I'm with you, Pelly. Personally, I don't love it either and i don't think it's necessary i think people should just i will say move from it i like though if when teams and most teams do this like most professional sports teams will do this but i like when they put some thought into like like the branding of of regional team like yeah. um i'm trying to think oh perfect example mississauga 
girls hockey organization used to be called the Mississauga Chiefs. Yeah. Obviously, in an effort to recognize our Truth and Reconciliation Act, it's not appropriate to mm-hmm. appropriate. <laughs> appropriate to appropriate. I think that's. I think that makes yeah, sense. I, mean, I believe you. In the English. <laughs> but right, we're not going to make a mascot of the chief anymore. That's. So they went to the Mississauga Hurricanes, and the hurricane came from Hurricane Hazel, the late Hurricane Hazel, who has just passed, who was the mayor of yeah the city of Mississauga for like forever, basically. I like, I love that because there's still like, there's a history behind it. There's an understanding behind it. There's actually a lot of like female empowerment behind it, yeah. but it's not like the lady wind, the lady know? hurricanes. <laughs> like, no, I love it. I think that's genius too. Right. We yeah. not, don't really know why. Do you know why we name hurricanes or tornadoes or stuff? Like female names? Uh, why they're all female names? Yeah. I don't know. Mother nature or we're that strong? I don't know. I like, but, I like that. I like that answer. But hurricane makes even more sense now because it's all yeah. female stuff. So see, you don't need to have the lady in front of it. Yeah. We just went around yeah. on this one and I, you know what? I like it. I like that people did that. That's a good <laughs> one. And if someone knows why we name all these. Yes. What is it? Hit us Natural up. disaster, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but we don't name earthquakes. We're not like, oh, earthquake oh, lives. It's like, oh. Just it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a hard one. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So, anyways, in all in all, guys, if you're in like in the world of like hockey and you're helping an organization to name their names, just do a little bit more research. Yeah. And you don't need to add the lady in front. I swear to God, we don't love it. Don't do it for us. 100%. Or at, we don't need to be a it yeah no devilette no no offense exactly. london we love you guys but i i just don't like it anyways we'll move past um i'll take this one because it it's more it is a question to you okay at crease giants giants in the crease Ooh. good fan of the show great goaltending uh account if you want to check it out can we get another numbers with cax segment it's called stats with cax man it's okay it's, okay. it's such a good it. handle <laughs> you renamed it I like i'm just it. kidding um, i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> numbers with cax also did you watch any of the canada games and if so why isn't chloe primarano receiving more hype i'll be perfectly honest here i with the schedule of our last two sh- tours i haven't i wasn't able i was able to like kind of scroll through the twitter feed to see that nova scotia had a big upset in the semis and bc took the finals in women's hockey but unfortunately i wasn't able to catch more than you that know, in the canada games and let's be even more honest i am actually googling chloe premier get her up no because i want to know exactly um what you're talking about here let's get and- the buzz going Okay, Chloe, I'm going to guess she's a goalie. No. From an hour as a Canadian junior ice hockey defenseman and prospect for the Vancouver Giants of the Western Ooh. Hockey League. Good point. I know exactly who this is. So basically could be the first women. Actually, Pooh got drafted back then, but could be, you know, um, part of the first female skating to be selected in the Canadian Hockey League. So CHL. Wow. At a prospect draft. You're you're raising a good point, and I should remember this name, obviously. Uh, Chloe Primanero, I, you know what's crazy is is uh, this is a perfect example of visibility, uh, Chris mm-hmm. Giant, because, and I don't know your name, but I think you're onto something here. Um, the hype behind the 14 years old 
Leah that happened at the Czech uh, for the Czech uh, Republic team did a Michigan and then it went viral and then everything that she did afterwards was like genius genius let's let's keep on giving her the visibility oh, the the platform. exactly Leah um, and basically uh, not saying that Chloe didn't do anything crazy but if someone and somewhere we were maybe putting this you know these games a little bit more on national TVs or broadcasting mm -hmm. better um, and also introducing these teams, you know, uh, BC one, we should have heard more about it. BC, like, you know what I mean? We, we should have had more visibility on the Canadian games. Nova Scotia did amazing. And we have friends, uh, from that area. So that's why we, I saw anyways, a lot more posts here and there. Um, but I do think that this was a clear little bit, no, a clear type of like, not mistakes, but problem of visibility. It's just Yeah, well, and it's just we're not used to, like, this is, like you're saying, this is probably what has to change. We're not used to, like, starting to recognize female hockey players. I'll just stick to our lane because I, I can't speak for other sports. But we're not used to recognizing female hockey players until they're, like, sophomore or m maybe freshman. But normally it's, like, sophomore or junior year In of college. college. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, my God, she's going to be on the next Olympic team. Like, where did she come from? I don't know, because yeah. we don't have any information. Whereas, like, on the men's side, to your point, Cax, like, yeah, you know, with the next Connor Bedard or the next Connor McDavid or the next, the next, the next for, like, from the time they're, like, 11 years old. Yeah, like. and maybe that's something we need to start to, but, like, the amount of lists that they have on the men's side to, you know, the future prospects and the potential list and, like, trade deadline, like, not trade deadline, sorry, but, like, uh, the draftees and everything and who's coming up. Like, everyone's 100%. touching on this. Everyone knows everyone. You know what? Crease Giants, maybe this is our ways to now step up and have the top 40 mentioned here and there and just keep track of them. I think that's a great idea, and I think that's something... Yeah. That we should be maybe we'll put it into our stats with calc section why not i'll do the just research. a little bring the who's bring coming the girls. i want to promote them 100 yeah. and chloe that's amazing and i hope you do and if you don't don't worry about it and if you don't sign no worries about it either because you then you get to go to nca then you get to do a lot more uh so sometimes staying in a junior a junior b like the men's are doing and then they can go on the other side to the u.s get yeah. a free education then come back and then there will be leagues for you to play in Let's yep. put it that way, Chloe. So yep. Keep up More the opportunity work. at the top. Thanks for the shout out, Crease Giants. That was great. That was great. D Scholar 14. So is there any type of sneak preview towards a league? Perhaps cities that may or may not be on the list for teams. Oh, at Georgia. <laughs> You know what? There'll be a show on this whenever that happens. I can tell you that much. And it'll be a special three hours, I think. I know. I know. Talking about it. No, but you've heard everything that Jeff Merrick has been saying. You've heard the rumors. You've heard every, like, all of this. It's like everyone can actually look at what's been going on and assume whatever yeah. they want to be assuming. And honestly, we've said it so many times, but we will be able to tell you things as soon as we can and when we can. We will share as much as we can as well, too. And, um, yeah. yeah, we got to keep it to that and focus on the playoff weekend and see what happens after that. Yes, absolutely. It's going to be a busy time, as we've said, playoffs across the board for women's hockey, women's worlds coming up yes. in Brampton. There's lots of great hockey to be taken in and just keep your eyes peeled. At Georgie Latrell. 
Any advice for someone who wants to try to transition into working in the fields of women's sports in brackets without going back to school? Rupert's just like crying at the door. I'm sorry. Can you hear that? Can no, you hear him okay. crying? No, a little okay. bit. Not too bad. A little yeah. bit. <laughs> Cax, you're, you're more, I mean, I don't want to say more in the world of women's sports, but you're in a different space of women's sports. You're, actually, you're in multiple spaces. Yeah. So why don't, why don't you take your handle at this? <laughs> a little too many of them. Uh, so I went from playing coaching to playing again to now being in, in the field of um, truthfully, I was in the stats world on the men's side a lot. And then we entered, like we involved a few women's league as well too. So I will say that, um, the only advice I have for, for, for you guys is, is mainly stick around because there's going to be more and more opportunities that are coming this way. There's more and more companies that want to get into the market of women's hockey of women's sports in, the, in general and um if you're not coaching already or if you're not doing skills or or any type of thing or a goalie coach or sessions that way um you don't necessarily need to work uh like the on the ice job i believe there's going to be a lot more um happening you know behind the scene or behind the door and then you know front offices of many organizations here and there um and at the end of the day you do not need to, you know, go into a professional field to like a professional women's hockey type of team in order to like make a career out of it. I think there's organization like provincial organization, there's like associations, there's many, many opportunities here and there that sometimes we don't think uh, are paid, but they are. And mm -hmm. I think that uh, the more we grow the game, the more opportunity of true salaries will come up too. So Honestly, I say be patient. And then two, um, I think that we're just kind of like opening the door of like what's about to come uh, in terms of representations, in terms of AGMs, in terms of GMs, and like logistics even like in a rink. Yeah. Uh, I think that pro teams are looking for also teams, uh, sorry, arenas that will be theirs in a sense, like from all leagues, from the PHF to like where things are going with the PW and things are going elsewhere in the associations and they always look for ops. They always look for, um, equipment managers. They always look for a few things. So put your name out there and even to association girls or women's association. And then, you know, yeah. what could happen from it. And the only thing I would add to that is like, people say this a lot. It's like, Oh, volunteer, like find a way to volunteer and like network and this and that. I can tell you because I've received emails and messages from people being like, Hey, I want to help out with the PWHPA. Okay. Send when with that message, yeah. send your resume, send why, like basically instead of reaching out being like, Hey, how can I help? Come forward, Tell say, Hey, how. these are my expertise. I'm great on social media. I've been playing hockey my whole life and I follow the stats of the PWHPA every year. Here's my resume. And here's a cover letter. Like instead of it being, Hey, so, uh, you guys, uh, you guys are busy, eh? Do you, do you want, do you want some help? It's like, <laughs> yes, we want help, but I don't have time to like go, like I'm speaking now on behalf of like our, our social, yeah. like our PR team, our marketing team, like they're not going to like, it's not a conversation. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey, I'm interested. Boom. Here's what I got. I'm going to be a great addition. They're going to read that and be like, okay, great, great initiative. Pull it in. And maybe you don't hear back. I'm not saying it's like a guarantee, oh. but if you come forward and say, listen, this is why I want to work for you. I'd be a great asset. Here's my resume. Even if it's not sports related, 
like use keywords, use key understandings of, you know, customer service, working under pressure, like all these good things. Time management. like yes like headlines <laughs> like uh, you know um i think at the end of the day you're bringing a good point it's more so what can you do for these people yes. even in any show them really show them what you can do and how your experience can translate into whatever world you're yes you're the asset you're you're the you're the missing piece of this puzzle that's what you want to like sell people on exactly. you guys are going to be better if you take me on <laughs> that's our advice yes let's um, go yeah. Good luck, Georgie Luttrell. We'll look forward to hearing from you, I'm sure. Don't send me your resume, though. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. At Arm Control Mick, for Worlds in Brampton, many would uh, guess that USA and Canada will be favorites to win gold again. But which of the 10 teams do you think will bring the hashtag Funda? That's a question for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a question going, for you. I'm going to check explain, all day. Explain the Funda before we go. Okay. Just quick, quick. The quick Funda is stems from the Brampton and Markham Thunder. And it's basically just the fact that we were like a 500 team, lost a lot of games, like especially early on, like in my career, like, like a lot of games and not close games. We'd lost blowout games. But like you love showing up to the rink because you love being around your teammates and you also enjoy social time after hockey. Like... We went out for a drink after every practice, after every game. Like it, we just enjoyed being around each other. It was, it was fun. It was the funda. So I'm going, and not that, listen, not that they're going to go out and go to the bars, but although if they do, I will happily host them in Brampton. But I'm going Chechia because Carla McLeod. I was just going <laughs> to say those two things. Yes. Carla McLeod, first of all, I like, was at some camps with her when I was a very, very young athlete. And mm-hmm. she gives that vibe. Like she's there for a good time, works hard, like good, like kind of blue collar mindset, like just get the job done. And this Chechia team is coming. They're coming up. They've, they're putting in the work. They've got the buy-in. You can see it in the way they play and they're coming off a big medal. So I think that they're going to have a great time. I think they're going to surprise more people. I love that. I was just going to say all of those, to be honest. I was just like, with Kara and then the check, absolutely. I think they've been on fire too. And they've been raising like the bar for, for their country and uh, how they perform at the world and the biggest stage, basically. I also think France going to have some fun here. And I have to okay. give them a shout out because Les Bleus, I played with two of them uh, back then. Uh, Marion. Aramos and Laure Baudry were with Les Canadiens. So you played against them too. There's wow. one six four player. She was huge, like super tall. I don't know if you remember. Laure, and she's their captain. Everyone's tall to me. <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> this was like extreme, like taller than like, taller, like Hillary Knight looks small beside her type of thing. Like I will put it that way. And they're playing, uh, Laure is their captain, I believe now. And uh, I think I think they're bringing a little bit of a competitiveness too to their, their team. And, you know, now it's 10 teams. So we see more and yeah. more teams. And I, I like that. I'll be there to watch them, uh, you know, play and see how they're doing. So keep an eye on those two teams. And obviously there's more, but those are my two shout out. I think they'll have more. I love fun. that. And a great question. Great question. Um, At Paul underscore A underscore Hutch. What do you think about the choice of venue for the IIHF Hockey Women's World Championship? A meager 5,000 seats seems small when the rivalry series, which is basically the world final, 
had 14,551 in Seattle. <sighs> Paul A. Hutch, you're going to get me in trouble. You're going to get me canceled. No, I, I agree. I do agree. Listen, like the round robin. Okay. It, it's, it's a great facility at the CAA center. It 5,000 seats is a great starting point. Like yeah. when we think about, our potential future league. Like, yeah, we want to have, if you can sell 5,000 seats, it'll feel great in that. Like it'll be a great atmosphere. You get lots of eyes. Like that's, that's what you want. So for a round Robin, sure. 5,000 seats for your bronze medal game and your gold medal game. I have to agree with them. Why? Like why not Scotiabank arena? Why, why not? Why not? Or Coca-Cola Coliseum or somewhere where it's like, yeah, you can get 10,000 people in. Like mm-hmm. 15,000 I think should be the target because even if you get 10,000, like so that's you just take bad. the 5,000 from the upper bowl. Like you can still get the game experience, but I have to agree, man. I don't think 5,000 seats is big enough. And and I say that too because sorry, man, now I'm ranting. Caxi's trying to jump in and I'm like, "No, I'm not done." I like it. But I I tried to get pre-sale tickets and I couldn't get tickets. I was like gonna say yeah, so, I was going to say, it, it, first of all, you're in Ontario. Uh, I think it's the biggest province uh, in terms of like women's hockey numbers of registrations yeah. and everything and stuff like that. And you're in Canada. Whenever we're in Canada, it sells out. Sells out. Yeah. Like all the time I've been there, whatever. And, and when it was in Ottawa, it was the Canadian Tire Center or whatever at the time, like for the finals. And it was like saying, I don't know where it was, but I remember going to an old rink there for the, yeah. the run rubbing. And it's been a long time since we've been there. But all I'm saying is $5,000, like uh, 5,000 people. It's going to be, it's, it's sold out. There's not, it's going to be packed. <laughs> Obviously it will be. I mean, the game Canada, us, regardless, or any Canadian game in run rubbing would have been sold out at this point. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit of a bummer. I'd say it's tough, but and and in fairness, like this was what I will say in defense of the host, like the women's world championship of the last three years due to COVID has been a bit of a gong show, like getting canceled, getting moved, getting rebooked, getting moved. Like, so I, I do empathize with the fact that a lot of the stuff is happening and there's frankly more teams that have higher priority in these arenas so this is what we get and i agree i I, i'm not pointing the finger at anybody but i think it would be really nice if there was like an nhl team in the gta that would you know step up and say oh why don't we host the gold medal game anyways what can you do can't win them all um thank you for the question great insight great great thought going into that one evan strifle what's the best timmy's donut and drink combo for a pwhpa game all right i'll go first i'm a big for timmy's i'm a big uh, fan of coffees like fancy coffee so when i go to timmy's i go like french vanilla (laughs) (laughs) i go like uh, sugar on the other side because i i Timmy's coffee is okay. You know, it's one of those that uh, I will, I'm, I'm too fancy with the espressos now and I apologize, but French <laughs> vanilla and I'll do a, uh, in French it's called a roussette. What are those called? Like, mm. uh, they're the, they like a tractor. tractor a tractor? Like, like wheel. Like, how do you call that? A donut. 
Yeah. The, no, oh, oh. The, uh, it uh, looks like a... Honey Cruller. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and Seth and French and then Honey Cruller uh, would be my pick. A tractor wheel. <laughs> it does look like one of those. Well, it does. You're not it's wrong. the same, but not wrong. Oh I know it. God. It feels and funny. does like, look like that. But um, yeah, I'm. Uh, th- those would be my mix. It's a lot of sugar, but I'd go for that. 14. Get after it. Yeah. Uh-uh. Love that. This what is where I expose myself and you find out I'm like a 65 year old white man, but I would go black coffee and old fashioned plain. Of course. <laughs> it's just, yeah. You know what, too, on top of it, if you're in Montreal, there's some like fabulous donut places. I want to give a shout out to uh, Timmy's because they've been my go to for since they won Timbits and everything. I take my nephews there all the time after hockey. I still do. It's fun. <laughs> That's um, the best part. But there's some fancy donuts with like some stuff you couldn't imagine that Tim's doesn't offer that maybe I'll take you there and see if. I can change that little old fashioned. Where would you go? Where, where is it called? It's called uh, Leche Donut. Leche, Leche. Uh, and it's uh, here in Montreal. <laughs> and uh, it's it's unbelievable what they can do. They have like a passion fruit donut, which is sick. Good. They have like a strawberry one. They have one that looks like the Simpson one. Remember the Simpson, like the pink on top yeah. of it and everything? Yeah. That's amazing too. And Homer Simpson donut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have all of that. So I guess I'm a fan of the sweets and the donuts. And I, yeah. You love donuts. It's all about balance. Tractor wheels. Man. Tractor wheels. I love that. Honey curls. <laughs> I'm going to start asking for them that way. Uh, we've got like three more left, and then we'll get into the schedule of our championship weekend. Um, Roland, 82651420. I'm really surprised this wow. wasn't go make me a sandwich. Sounds like a bot name, but it's a good question. How can we get help? help get pro hockey back in Calgary and a team in Edmonton. Oh my gosh. I would love a team in Edmonton. How can we help get a pro hockey team in Calgary or yes. And a team in Edmonton. That's a great question. I will say, okay. Oh no, you go ahead first. You go first. I was just going to say like being in the West, everything we've had the infernos forever there. And I think I absolutely love playing against them every time we did like or going over there and and obviously most of our teams were here in, on the east coast so everything drivable but one team that we had to fly and cost yeah. and everything was like kind of tough for the cwhl back then the cwhl was not designed to carry the cost of flying teams to calgary and calgary to teams so that was a, a bit of a hurdle in those days um thankfully i think we're moving out of that phase which yeah. is is great um I will say like, and I will be honest with you. I don't know the answer to how you change this, but I learned a lot when the board was working with Deloitte and doing like in-depth market analysis of how a city would support a women's hockey team. Like it's not, I'm thinking like, oh, you just go into the street with a (laughs) piece of paper and say, hey, you like women's hockey? Okay, that's a yes column. Like, like this is great to data collection. <laughs> There's so much that goes into it, but I will say, like, I know that the work that Deloitte put in for us was very telling of these markets that not only would like to have a women's hockey team, but are like in a need for it. Like, they're like, we need this for our culture and our city and whatever. So, again, I don't know how you change that, but. And I don't know, uh, frankly, if Calgary or Edmonton were one of the cities that were 
looked at or if it was positive, negative, I don't know. But there is some science that goes into finding, maybe it's just like that visibility, like finding the population of people that yeah. want want the game. But it's a great, great question. And I do think as we look at the NHL, like, hey, if you have a, su- a supportive fan base for a men's team, it's automatically going to put you into a category of will they support a women's team? So Calgary and Edmonton, both great markets. I certainly hope that, you know, one day we'd be in both of those. I would love that too. I loved it. I love playing out West. And then it's just, it's a cool atmosphere too. And it was like, obviously in the home of Hockey Canada and that, that yes. sport arena when we did, but uh, looking forward to see what comes out of this. You know? Yeah. Hopefully okay. Two back, more. Like you're saying. I would love to be back there. Cole Hayes, Cole underscore Hayes. Maybe double yes. underscore Hayes. Can't really tell. Um, what are some of the differences between can- Canadian youth sports, women's hockey, and the NCAA? What is one way your perspective on hockey changes or has changed from when you are playing compared to looking at the game from a media perspective? Great question. Cole, actually, Cole is one of the members of the media team at the University of Toronto Varsity Blues. And I saw him at the game the other day. And that, like, the internet is so weird because, like, I know people's handles but i don't like i don't know your face no offense (laughs) and then when i started you know retweeting and whatever like kind of boosting the u of t gals it's like ah cool so anyways great hi cole great question um cax now you've worked closely i would say with the u sport teams or like have people in that world what what are some of the differences that you would notice um so when so when we even back then, like whenever the switch was and you played in the CIS at the time and I played in the NCA. So we're both having different perspectives, but I think that now um, the way it's set up, the way everything kind of like works and, and people are players or whatever, younger athletes are now able to make the decision a bit older and a bit later. They're going back to where we were type of thing where mm-hmm. you're junior seniors and making a call versus being a sophomore or a freshman, uh, making a decision on, on your thing. Um, and then now when you graduate from the NCA, you have an opportunity to join, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. A Canadian, if you, if you graduate early, I believe you can join a Canadian school now. Um, yeah. So it's, it's basically like if you max out your, uh, eligibility in the States, so if you use four years, that's it. That's your college career. But if you only use three, two, or one, you can transfer. Yeah. But in youth sport hockey, you have five years of eligibility. So mathematically, let's say you played one year in the NCAA. That's one more. year of eligibility. You could play four more yeah, exactly. of youth sport. And then I've seen like the, I graduated in three in the NCAA nowadays or whatever. And then I come back and it used to be that you lost a year. So even if like, Anyways, you, you would lose a year. You'd have to like redshirt. And plus two, so you don't need to redshirt. So there's a few differences. There's a few things that have changed, obviously, since we played. Uh, that was not a thing that we could do. And then going to the NCAA route was like kind of like the um, – for some players, like I, I wanted to go. I wanted to have this experience of being far away but not too far away, experience the whole like United States and then getting a full scholarship type of situation and, you know, compete at that level. Um, back in the day too, the two leagues were like extremely great, but certain teams were great and certain teams were, you know, really mm-hmm. bad on, a, on both sides. So like some leagues were better than others. Like ECAC was always kind of competitive, be, 
the Ivy leagues were always great. And then we battled hockey East was like that too. And everything, same thing on the other side, like Miguel was a fantastic team. Laurier was absolutely, they had a stud goaltender. It was <laughs> easy. Um, and then I came in. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. And um, I think that the two differences, it, it's just a concept of like, if you want to study, um, you know, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do and I didn't want to commit to like an actual uh, school. Like Miguel, if I wanted, if, if I would have gone there, I had to choose exactly, oh, I'm going to go to psychology and I'm going to do this and this and that. Mm-hmm. When I went to St. Lawrence or any other school that I was looking at, liberal art feeling. So you have like two years to kind of figure out who, what you want to do and who you want to be. Yeah. Whatever that it's, is. it's funny you say that. And I don't want to like stroke everybody with the same brush, but this is like my simplest take is that I find that you sport athletes are more student first. Like they're more focused on, I don't want to say focused on their education because everybody's focused on your education. Listen, being a student athlete is not an easy task, but I feel like you sport athletes, some of them certainly would be good enough to play NCAA, but they're like kind of of the mindset like, well, hockey's not going to be around forever. Yeah, so I kind of want to set myself up quicker because NCAA athletes still, still same thing. I mean, like, like you say, you go to an Ivy league school, you go to a, like a great yeah. school, like, yeah, yeah, okay, your education is important. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, when you walk on campus, like, people recognize you as, like, an athlete. part of the hockey team. A student like, athlete. your identity is, like, and this is, this could get political, honestly, because there's lots of, like, especially recently, it's come into the media, like, about how we kind of commercialize these NCAA athletes and, like, do they really have rights or are we just like exploiting them basically? Yeah. And that's why like they're, at a, at a, they're changing the rules and having the NIL type of like stuff coming up, which is name image and likeness, likeness that will be, you know, they will be able to make money out of these. Things. Yes. But yes. You're right. Like it's, yeah. a, it's a big thing. I think also like the whole concept into not just to say anything bad about, but like university sports in, in the States are, huge in some areas yeah. it's just like it's more commercialized right like yeah. it's more you're more of a commodity i think as a student athlete whereas in canada like it's understood that you're still valued but it's just not like it doesn't carry as much weight i think yeah. i will say like since i played and to cole's point like the media coverage and granted this is like <laughs> i'm gonna expose myself it's fine this was like i graduated 11 years ago so it's, I'm glad it's come far because it should. It should. But like right. at the time, they would only stream like our, our important games or like maybe you'd get a highlight clip on YouTube. Now there's like dedicated play-by-play and color yeah. commentators at all OUA games. I'll just speak for the OUA because that's what I'm most familiar with. Um, you can go to OUATV.ca and watch any game that's happening of any sport and like men's, women's, volleyball basketball soccer hockey so there's like a lot more like recognition i think and coverage that that it was never like that when i played i agree so it's it's a positive thing and even on the other side like they have espn plus covering every single like espn u type of thing any games are there if you have espn and in the states you do uh, you need a vpm in canada but yeah i think it's a shout out to the associations behind these leagues like rs EQ, I believe, or whatever here in, in uh, <laughs> Quebec. And then your point in 
uh, OUA and then I think the Western leagues are doing the same. It's just that accessibility and that mm-hmm. viewership and visibility. You're right. So, I mean, the and media then- has been doing a ton better because on even our side, like um, taking speaking from my experience too, like now we have a production, like yeah. every single rank as a production team for that. So not only are you going to school, but you can learn right away and on the hop, basically getting an internship as you work for the hockey teams potentially or any other sports. Um, I, I think it's phenomenal. I, I think it's an awesome type of change and step forward into the right direction. Now we just need the rest of the pro leagues to get that kind of like help here and there and visibility. Which you know? kind of leads into Cole's second part of the question is like, how has your perspective changed from when you were playing to now looking at it through a media perspective? I'll be honest. Like I don't even consider myself media, which is, I know it's not true. Like we are, we are part of the media now, Cax. We went to the dark side. But no, like I just, I still... Pretty underground media, guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like it is it is weird though because I'm noticing as things move forward, especially as I've gotten more into like color commentating. Yeah. Like I can kind of feel players that I don't know as well. Like listen, the players that I know really well I played with or whatever, like they still will just sit down and chat with me. They know that I'm not like trying to get a story or like yeah. whatever but i have noticed like players get a little bit more like oh like and maybe it's because uh, like just position old, on them it's just it's just, just, it's just you're like, older old and then they look at you they're like man she's not in the locker room anymore no i'm just kidding <laughs> this is I'm old kidding. weirdo <laughs> i i don't know that i don't know that my perspective has changed a whole lot other than i'm i my eyes have been open to a lot of the work that goes in behind the scenes to make the game like consumable. Yeah. And it's something that you see, like if you watch our stream versus you watch a national broadcast of our games, like this weekend in Washington, we had nine cameras on the ice. So you're getting sound of the ice. You're getting like sound of the crowd. You're getting all these different angles to look at different plays like it's easy to watch. It's fun to watch. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just have like one or two cameras, it still does the trick, but it's like, for sure. It's just and, different. You know, you're bringing a good point there. It's like, now you get it. Cause you're working at it basically, or doing it. Like it was the same thing. Like I gave so much more credit to my coaches be once I became a coach. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. Like, once you're in the shoes of, you kind of realize it a bit more. And once you become like, oh, I organize or I helped organizing something, then you know the amount of work that's behind, that's done behind the scene. And, um, you know, in the PA level, like I, I think that people, I don't think people are scared of you or anything, but you're part <laughs> of like the group uh, that did a lot since day one, you know, and, and the board members and everything like in that sense. So they just feel like you know it all. And sometimes it, it, it's like, well, because I do. Well, <laughs> you have like superstars and they're like, you know, known and, and you don't know how to approach them. But it's the same type of thing when you have a board member or someone that's been in charge or helping yeah, this fair. entire time and you speak up in conversation and calls and whatever. So don't take it wrong. I just think that they're maybe, Sad. oh my God, it's Liz Knox. It's fun <laughs> for us. And we need to like, no, but yeah, I do think you should take the credit. It's more so of a, they're not scared of you. They haven't changed, I think, because it's media. And at the end of the day, I think that you're one of those that will, you know, 
keep it uh, you're doing media but you were a player at heart and you know how it feels and what it's like and I think that those kind of stay like it's like when I was mm. coaching I knew how I was as a player and what worked what didn't so I helped myself or I used that to help me coach better or whatever that was and I think that wherever we go moving forward and however like position whatever happens I think we're all gonna kind of have that little moment of Yeah, but we're doing it for the players first. Yeah. Scenario, well, and you know, and that sparked that sparked me to think just as you're talking there too, Cax, like when we have athletes on the show, like because we've been on the other side of the microphone of people asking us questions, like we put a real effort into making sure, yeah, we kind of follow our rhythm of like, we want to tell the story of their career, yeah. but we put a real effort into not, it not being like, so... Like, tell us about your first hockey game. Like, we make like, them comfy and get yeah. more out of them and, and make them feel comfortable. And I think that's always what our first instinct is going to be at. So regardless, whatever job we're going to be doing next, Noxie, I just feel like we're going to have, like, by the players, for the players type of mentality. And at the end of the day, it's all about collaborating with experts out there to make sure that the group underneath is, like, at its best or gets the best scenario out of it all. So I don't know. And you too, Cax. I mean, Cax is moving into <laughs> potentially managing like some player agent roles. So it's, it's a, it's a big step and you do need those voices on the inside or on the other side to be like, Hey, no, I've, I, you know, I've been a player, so I know that I don't want this to be how we operate. Right. Exactly. And to Cole's, to Cole's question, sorry, not to cut you off there, Cax, oh, but for people who are media listening to this or who are in the media, like do your research, especially in women's hockey and women's lot. sports in general. Like I had the best interview I ever had this, this kid, Ben Smith, I think is his last name. He was like 11 years old at the time. I was playing in a charity hockey game that had like NHLers and CWHLers. I was in the one net. Christina Kessler was in the other net. Okay. And I'm in my hometown. And this 11-year-old kid comes up to me in a suit and he goes, you've played against Christina Kessler since you were 16 years old. What is it like to play against her in this game? And I was like, he did his research. Like he Good asked me you. a question yeah, take the time. and I was like, oh my God, he fucking, he put some effort into this. Like, and I don't know, I don't know how he found that out. I'm sure it was a simple Google search, but you know what I mean? Like, Still, it means a lot. Don't ask, don't ask. Oh, talk about the game. Well, okay. You're well, just one of everybody else then. Talk, like, find something that tells a story oh and ask them about that. Because players love to talk about their teammates, the storylines that got them there. But you got to ask the right questions. A hundred percent. And if you're one of those media that tries to get by or just ask the question here and there, we can we can feel it. We, we can know. sense it. We know. <laughs> like, when I, when, the biggest pet peeve of mine is, like, when I have to re-explain things somehow like uh, even when the league was there and it was clear and there was like enough information on internet to tell you how many teams we had or whatever it was right i just just and sorry if i get a little but it's like fuck me are you kidding that i need to prep you before we get on air yes like right before i get there no you should be the one prepping me for the questions that you're about to ask me or whatever that is and then you know have the respect enough you would have done your research if it was like Sidney Crosby, I'm not comparing yeah. myself to him, but you would you wouldn't want to look like a big bag of dumb. Like, yeah, or like know? the guy would have been like, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm, I'm out. But yet we need to get these moments of visibility so that the 
game and the sports gains from it. So we have to go through mm -hmm. these things. But please be like, what, is, what was it, Ben Smith? Ben Smith. Ben Smith. And That's do him. Little research He's like an adult the now. Right <laughs> well, shout out to him. 11 He's a real old, human now. the real questions here. Oh, now. it was fantastic. So let's go. We touched on it earlier in the episode, but a quick recap. PWHPA Championship Weekend, Southern California. Friday, March 10th. Two games on tap. One at 4 p.m., one at 7 p.m. Harvey's versus Sonnet, Adidas versus Scotiabank, both those games in Irvine, California, which is the Great Park Ice. It's the Anaheim Ducks practice facility. Cax, take us to Saturday. Saturday, March 11. We're going to get the unfortunate teams from game one and game two. So loser of game, Arve's Sonnet, and loser of game, Adidas Scotiabank to play at 3 p.m. at the Toyota Sports Performance Center. That is in El Segundo is what I said earlier, but correct me if I'm wrong down the road. It's in California, and uh, this is where uh, the LA Kings uh, are hosting basically this event. So 3 p.m., Toyota Sports Performance Center. Sunday. Big championship oh, day. Let's Sunday, go. Sunday, Sunday. Championship game. March, March. 20, March 12th. Winner of one and winner of two, 7.30 p.m. at the AccuSure Arena, which is the Coachella Valley Firebirds Arena in Palm Desert, California. That's the wrap on the PWHPA 2022-2023 season. You be it gives there. me chills to you even say watch. it. It gives me chills. Okay, you want to be there. You want to watch. You want to... You know, make sure that you get this, I don't know, maybe a historical moment. Who knows? But this is the first playoff for the PWHBA, and we are pumped to have it. And, yeah. you know, it's a good segue. And it's like people are going into worlds after that and everything. Uh, I just, I am so pumped about this season and how it went. I think the players loved it. I hope our fans loved it, too. And they got to see, you know, their favorite players at different uh, stops that we had this season. And, you know, come on out. Come. You might see some familiar faces. Maybe. 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 I'll be doing color. That's all we have for today. This was episode 20 of season two. I can't believe how quickly our season has gone by on the Knox and Cax show. There's but there's still more to come. We're not done yet. So tune in next week. Of course, catch all your tickets, merch, schedule in more standings at pwhpa.com. That's it for us today, Cax. This was a fun one. That was a good one. Thank you, everyone. Have a fabulous weekend. The Noxie and Cax Show on SDPN, produced in partnership with the PWHPA and presented by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Follow Noxie and Cax on Twitter at 27Noxie and at CareLMRD. The views expressed are those of the individuals and are not necessarily those of the PWHPA. Check out SDPN.ca for more Noxie and Cax and the rest of the SDPN crew. She scores!